Hello out there, we're on the air, it's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name. Welcome in to another episode of Odd Man Rush. Hope you're all having a great week wherever you may be listening to us. My name is Lil Highland. I'm joined with Kyle Diesel here on the first week of December in 2023. Crazy to think we're already two months into the hockey season, but we have a ton to get to tonight in a short amount of time. reason I say it's a short amount of time is because we got Survivor at 8 p.m. Eastern, and I am, yes, still one of those people. But we'll just let's just hope that Kyle doesn't vote me off the island for squeezing him into a short show. He's over there enjoying mac and cheese, which I can certainly say won't be uh, indulged on uh, the islands of Fiji. But Kyle, pleasantries aside, what's up? Oh, we got a mid-chew. Not much, just getting back from a nice long work day. You know, it's been nice. First snowfall here in Boston today um, that I can think of. But it's been nice. Surprisingly, though, we're going to have 60-degree weather this weekend. So yeah, I don't get the weather these days. No, nobody does. And yeah, we we it snowed Monday up here um, in the Pine Tree State, and uh, we've had we've had snow uh, in December most years. But usually, to get measurable snow, the first week of December is still somewhat rare. Um, but I'm not a weatherman. Uh, I just try and be a hockey analyst uh, for the folks <laughs> at home. But Kyle, since we last talked. Uh, about hockey that is on the air you and i have actually attended a game together correct we have we have had multiple changes in the world order as it pertains to hockey mm-hmm. and we have had some highs and lows for each of our respective teams that we cheer for the devils and the bruins but i think one of the first points that you brought up to me when we were playing this show is last night, Vancouver and New Jersey played. And that was the first time, correct me if I'm wrong, that the Hughes brothers were on the ice together. Correct. And you brought up to me that you think it's a, you know, unique moment in the sport. Um, Tell me a little bit more about, you know, why you as a devil fan found it. So, um, so interesting beyond just those two being on your team. I mean, I think it's just huge in general just for hockey itself, but also I'm a big, huge fan, all three of them. Um, it, it's big for especially American hockey. This is the three young studs coming up to basically take the next ranks of the USA team or hockey in general for the States and put the put a name to the States that we're here to try to compete as an overall team, even as individuals with the Devils and <clears throat> the Canucks, but when it comes international time, they're going to represent Team USA, no question. And then you could potentially have all three of them on the same line for Team USA, which is huge. And I think the NHL right now is doing a great job of slowly promoting that this is the future of USA hockey right here. These are the three studs that people are going to look up to, young kids like 
Canada's had their time. They've had like Crosby come up and they still have young talents with Bedard. I think this rivalry is going to be huge again, once again, um, with these young players coming into effect. I'm excited to see if, like we talked about last night, Tech, can you, if the Canucks and the Devils play each other and the Stanley Cup finals, you have all three huge brothers on the ice. That's pretty incredible, I'd say. I agree. I, and I take it a step further um, I, in, a, in, a, in a positive way and say that there's a likelihood that somewhere in the future in an international tournament, you have a five-man power play made up of Quinn as the only uh, defenseman. And then, oh, sorry, is Luke as well, right? Correct. All right, so you have, oh, sorry, you have Luke and Quinn as the defensemen, um, both puck movers. Um, and then you have Brady Kachuk, Matt Kachuk, and Jack Hughes. Uh, and we, you could have Hughes in the middle, the Kachuks on the wing, and then have the other Hughes playing D in a in a international game together. Um, that That is... Uh, not outside the realm of possibility. And that would make people go nuts. That would especially make our friends North of the border go nuts, I believe. Um, And also you brought up those two. I I agree, but there, or you brought up those three, I should say. Um, I would also point out that you would also be able to, I'm using the word also a lot, you would be able to combine those guys with an already existing group that has like Jack Eichel, Austin Matthews, and Johnny Gaudreau, and, uh, you know, John Carlson, and Charlie McAvoy, and Adam Fox, and a bunch of other American uh, players that are, and, and in goal, there's four, I think, as we talked about last time, at that point of our time of our last show, the three leading Vesna candidates, so to speak, were all Americans. It was Swayman, Ottinger, and um, now, of course, I'm blanking on the third. But Demko. thank you, Thatcher Demko. Uh, so yeah, you had all three uh, of those guys. But I did put in our show notes, and you probably saw it. And I don't know if the listeners heard about this too. I read it on Daily Faceoff this morning that. The arena in Italy, though, for twenty the twenty twenty six Olympics, hasn't even been built yet. Um, I'm not an architect, Kyle. I don't know if you are either on the side uh, when you're not molding young minds. <laughs> but uh, I would think that in late twenty twenty three, if you were having a Winter Olympics in uh, early twenty twenty six, that's practically two years away um, at this point and you haven't built the arena yet, that's a little scary for if you haven't built your hockey arena. And I'm, I don't know what the Italians build. I know their ancestors built, you know, the Roman city and whatnot and canals. They got the Coliseum. In the Coliseum, yeah. I can't see how they couldn't build a arena for hockey in two years, but let's hope they can. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they'll do fine. I think eventually they'll get it done. Um, they might not be, I'm not sure why they're not working on at least getting the foundation set, unless they're still worried about planning. Um, but I, I'm not too worried about it. I think they'll get it done. If not, there's plenty of other places they can go play some nice hockey. Maybe they can go across the border a little ways and, uh, 
play some hockey where it's yeah. a little bit more appreciated, I would say. Yeah, Germany's got to have arenas. Just let them play over in Germany or Switzerland or somewhere nearby. The Swiss definitely have arenas um, big enough for Olympic ice. The well, the reason play I'm at, uh, oh, go ahead. You can play at Yermir Yager Stadium where he's where he's on that team. Oh, in the Czech Republic. Yeah, maybe we'll see him play internationally. That'd be pretty interesting if he's still playing for the <laughs> yeah, international geez, team. I mean, the, what, he's old enough something? to be. He's old. He's got to be fifty something at this point. He's got to be fifty. Gosh, has to be fifty at this point. Well, he's um, getting his jersey retired this year as a Penguin. So. Yeah, which is weird because he's played for like everybody. He played for the Bruins. He played. Did he? Did he play for the Devils? Played for the Devils. Played for the Rangers. Played. Yeah, played for, for the Flames. Played for the Bruins. He played. I think he's almost touched every jersey except for maybe the Knights in Seattle. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, the reason I bring it up and I'm slightly worried about it is because Gary Bettman's worried about it, and Gary Bettman only sees dollar signs. So if he's worried about something, that means that it's it's a real thing. He's worried about the money. Well, yeah, but he, you know, there's, it, I'm, I'm a little worried about it. Speaking of being worried, I think um, the the Leafs should be a little bit worried about their defense at the moment. Um, Klingberg's going to have surgery. He was their big pickup from Anaheim. Uh, yeah, he's probably not going to come back. Uh, I think the Leafs are playing with fire a little bit. Ryan Reeves have been hurt um, after an incident against the Bruins, I believe, uh, a few weeks ago. There's also some, you know, they lose a pretty pretty winnable game against the Bruins. I mean, I know the Bruins are good, but that's a home game for the Leafs. I thought they would have won that game. Um, they're still hanging around. They're still going to be fine. I'm just you know, starting to look around and wonder Nylander's cooled off a little bit. Um, so I'm just wondering how this Klingberg thing's going to affect them because everybody knows, and it's no secret that their two bigger problems over the past couple seasons were goaltending and defense and their goaltending is not great. And their defense, Morgan Riley, and unless he's doing well, the rest of their decor is um, a little suspect, I, in my opinion. And it doesn't look like Bertuzzi fits there either. Uh, I know he's not a defenseman, but still. There's some question marks there, despite their good record. Do you agree with me on your on my skepticism of the Leafs? I'm a bit worried, but I'm not super worried yet. I mean, the season's still pretty young, and the points and everything is still pretty tight, so I'm not too worried. Yet, not saying you should press the panic button right now, um, but I definitely be a bit worried going forward. Like you said, goaltending is if either defense is a little bit concerning, especially at the depth position. Um, and like I've said previous before about the Leafs, this is basically this is the year you either go all in, like I said last year, go all in, or you're done. And this is it. They they have to. I think if he's not better and they don't see improvement, they've got to go make a trade before the trade deadline. Because this is this is it. I get it. Matthew signed back, but Nylander's, I'm gonna guarantee it, he's probably not coming back next year. They don't have the cap to sign him. I don't think they have a cap no, to sign many of their not. their depth, so they're gonna have to rely a lot on maybe one or two year contracts or whatever rookies they have coming up in the farm system. Um, and this is this is kind of it. Like I said, for Austin Matthews, he signed this long year deal. And if they don't win this year, I think he just signed his whole chance of winning a Stanley Cup Finals away. 
Well, he's still going to be a free agent when he's still relatively young in a couple of years. Correct, but he's going to be waiting longer than he should. Right, Right. just like Ovechkin eventually got his after, what, 10 years? Correct, but look what's going on with with Edmonton right now. Uh, Connor McDavid, or Connor McDavid, yeah, signed that huge long contract. The Oilers have been great for so many years, and now this year they're having a bum year. And who knows how long that will take to get back up to where it was. I mean, this could happen to the Maple Leafs next year for all we know. They could have a terrible year, and who's to blame at this point? There's only so much excuses you can have, I would say, for a team. So that's that's what I have to say on that. Right, and and the Klingberg thing, in in my opinion, is sort of the beginning of the excuse machine that happens with the Toronto Maple Leafs every year. Beginning of the downfall, I would say it's the first right, time. like it's the beginning of the excuse machine. Because what hap- what's going to happen is when they do when they do inevitably lose again, and I don't think they're going to win the Stanley Cup. I don't think they have good enough goaltending. First and foremost, doesn't mean you have to have Vasilevsky or Ottinger to win a Stanley Cup, but you have to. I mean, Aiden Hill won a Stanley Cup because he was hot at the right time. I don't see that capability in somebody like Wall or the other guy uh, whose name is escaping me because he's so irrelevant. Um, that's that's just my thing. And maybe it's a little bit of Boston bias against the Maple Leafs. But, I mean, we're going to get to Bruins in a second. But I thought Toronto would run this division. Um, and, look, there's it's, like you said, still wicked early. There's going to be time. Um to get They've there got till January to figure it out. That's yeah. what I get. That's what I'm giving the devils right now. You got, you got till right. January to figure it out. Right. And, and so they've been underachieving, I think, which is crazy to say, cause they're in like third place or second place in the division. So I sound, I sound like I I'm they're on fourth. banana land. They're really that low as Florida. I've had it. Detroit, I know Detroit is third. Detroit Panthers and the Maple Leafs. Oh, I think it's on like a point difference or oh, so. Wow. It's still pretty close. Oh, well, Toronto has games in hand. That's why I thought they would be higher. Okay. Well, still, uh, their their goal differential is only plus two. That tells you everything you need to know. Um, I thought they would run this division. So they've underachieved for all intents and purposes. But one who hasn't underachieved is the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Um, we've talked about Vancouver before in the offseason season about how they had so many interesting pieces, right? Mm-hmm. They had Hughes. We talked about Hughes. Um, they have Peterson and Garland and um, Demko playing out of his mind. Demko right playing out of his mind, returning to form. I always thought he was going to be good, but he had a really um, inconsistent year last year. But you're right. He's playing out of his mind right now. Uh, they, and I'm, for, I'm forgetting their other forwards, but they have a really like intriguing forward group. Is it JT Miller? See, yeah, I'm. I'm more scared of their defense, especially that trade they made with the Flames. I'm. They're loaded oh, at to depth. get uh, to get Zadorov. Yeah, they are loaded at the D position. It's so scary. Yeah, so that that's a good point. I had I completely like memory hold the Zadorov trade, uh, even though it only happened last week. It was going for like a fifth round pick too. It was a steal. Yeah, well, he he basically he he yeah, week he two of the out. year he was criticizing the coach yeah. and whatnot in, in the GM in Calgary and said he wanted to be traded. So Calgary's de- Calgary is so afraid. Uh, talking about Edmonton be- having a shit show, the Flames are <laughs> petrified of having of their entire <laughs> roster build at this moment because they realize that the Huberto thing is an albatross 
and nobody wants to play for them. Hannafin doesn't want to play for them. Uh, I, I don't think Blake Coleman is uh, loving his decision to go up there. Uh, and Nazem Kadri hasn't worked. Uh, and Zadorov wanted to be dealt. Uh, Lindholm doesn't want to play the, for them. Uh, was on the Rangers now. Who was that? I thought Blake Coleman was on the Rangers now. Did he already leave? I think he left this offseason. So he was all okay. Exactly. So the, I didn't even know that. I, I they're going to be they're going to be probably the biggest seller team currently going into this uh, <clears throat> trade deadline. That's still months away. No, no, you're thinking of Blake Wheeler. Oh, Blake you know, it's all the, the Blakes. Okay, I can't, he I can't, can't, he can't keep up with the Blakes. No, yeah, Blake Coleman is still. He was a former Devil, actually. You probably yes, knew was. that. I know he was a speed demon. Um, but yeah, Blake Coleman. All those guys chose to go to Calgary in recent years because of Kachuk or Gaudreau or now it's Huberdeau or any of those guys that they brought in these big names or the guys they had before, Lindholm. People want to play with Lindholm. That's just a complete dumpster fire. No pun intended right, right up there. Like Foley, your guy. What was that? Your guy to Foley. Well, yeah, Tyler Toffoli. Yeah, he didn't want to be there. They traded him. I mean, nobody wants to play there, which is weird because – I, I've been there. It's a great city, but and they love hockey up there. But maybe, I mean, maybe it's just not a great place to play. I guess I don't I have no idea. But anyway, the Canucks get better because they trade with Calgary for Zadorov. So you're right; they have not only an intriguing forward core, but also a good defensive group, and so. I see a moment where I think Elias Peterson could win the heart if he keeps playing well. Um, he's, he got off to a really hot start. Mm-hmm. He's played consistent since. And um, what what's your uh, what's your not to cut you up? What's your thoughts on potentially Quinn Hughes winning both trophies potentially this year? You mean the heart and the yes and the uh, uh, he's currently Boris. leading the league in points. As overall player and as a defenseman. Well, okay. I think Quinn's going to win the Norris. I, I, I think sure. it would be foolish for him not to at this point. Um, I think I think Elias Peterson would stand there and be like, hey, guys, maybe they're one of the reasons why <laughs> Quinn Hughes is getting all these points is because I'm also playing with him and I'm also scoring in, in, you know, a boatload of goals. Um, so I, I would say for – for that to happen, they would have to have a 2022 avalanche type season where they win the cup. Not that that really factors in, but it does uh, behind the yeah. scenes. They'd have to like go on a deep playoff run and like Kale McCarr won the Norris and the Conn Smythe that year. Um, th- there would just have to be, or was it the Calder? I can't remember. Um, it would have to be sort of a team thing. They could yeah. sweep the awards. I mean, Demko, oh, they, they simply can, except for rookie. That's about it. Yeah, I mean, they could sweep the awards because Demko could win Vezda and their coach, who, their new coach, whose name is like completely outside my brain. Uh, it, has, has a team ever done that? Would that be a first to sweep at least? The Bruins, should, the Bruins were close last year. They had a Vezna and a uh, Jack Adams winner, um, but they and then uh, Pasternak came in second for the Hart. Okay, um, so the closest is at least two or three. Yeah, I can't think of a team. I mean, usually, usually it doesn't happen because if somebody is the MVP and they're a defenseman, they'll get those. But then, you know, 
you their coach won't win coach of the year because while you had great players, of course you were going to be good. Um, I think the reason why you win coach of the year is all about expectations. That's, um, that's true. Speaking about expectations, yeah, and previous game we just went to, we actually got to go see together in person. How about them Red Wings? Yeah, so here's my here's my thing with, with the Red Wings. I can't remember if I said they were going to be last in the division or not. I, I really – I think I might have. We both agree that they were going to be pretty low. I, th- I, I think I might have had them last in the division. But I think I failed to understand. And if you're watching on YouTube, you just saw me grimace. <laughs> I think I'm failing – I think I failed to understand how strong they were in all three phases. And I know that sounds like a football analogy, but when you think about their 180-foot game, right, they play well in all zones. You know, we were pretty close, so I had a good chance to see it up close. We saw it firsthand. They're pretty good at special teams. 100%. And then... Like that power play they had, they I mean they were on the power play like half the game if it like. I think they scored almost every power play they had. Right. Including one with was like five seconds into the power play they scored. And then the third thing is I haven't been a big fan of Vile Huso, or however you pronounce his name. I probably butchered that. Um, I should know better. I've never been a huge fan of him throughout his career. Thought he was a little overrated. He's basically come up big. In the biggest games that they played this year, like twice against the Bruins too, where he's kind of hung around like the Bruins in that game we were at at the garden. They had plenty of chances. Oh, agreed. They had plenty of chances, but he just wasn't letting anything in. No, he was on. He was basically saying, well, they said, what was that? His like fifth start, I believe. Yeah. And and he he has a ton of. he has a ton of what's the word I'm looking for? Like agility across the from post to post. Yep. He's kind of like Tim Thomas in that he'll make the routine saves look spectacular, but he'll still save them, you know what I mean? Like he's kind of clunky a little bit, but he stops the puck and ultimately that's all that matters. And so it might look like an amazing save. It might like make it look like, you know, you really don't want to ever notice your goalie because that yeah. means that he's just doing what he needs to do. But he never uh, let up also any many opportunities for a second chance either. He No, they, he was the really good on the rebound. Prime spots that they could easily clear or he can just cover the puck up. And then we yeah. also saw them, Detroit basically control the puck majority of that game. How much how much offensive time did they have? Oh, I don't know. We I could look back at the program, but I, I bet I bet they had I bet it was like a sixty five percent zone time. Yeah, it was unheard of. I never thought I'd ever see the Bruins team like that just be I wouldn't say out manhandled, just I, I would say manhandled. I mean those three games that they lost to Columbus to to New York Rangers and then to Detroit were were the most uncharacteristic Jim Montgomery teams I've seen since he became the coach. They've since followed it back with, you know, some few wins in a row, including that big Toronto win I mentioned. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was bizarre, man. And, and the thing is one more thing about the Red Wings too. Um, 
number one is I guess two things. Number one is Larkin. Larkin Larkin's might guy. be like the saving grace for that team because Larkin and Alex on the same line is right. But one of the scariest the, things I've seen so far. I know it's crazy, but here's the thing, man. Is like eight or ten months ago, uh, there was talk that Larkin didn't want to be there. Like, were they going to trade him at the same time they traded Bertuzzi? Mm-hmm. Like, was he the guy? He ends up signing there long term. They bring, they're able to use that to bring in DeBrinket, Shane Gossespierre, some other like solid players um, to complement the rest of that roster. Correct. And now I think that's what I underestimated. And we haven't even gotten to the second thing I was going to say with with them is that since we talked and since we were even at the game, they've gotten Patrick Kane, who may not be the same guy he was, of course, but is still a good, solid top six player um, in this league who might thrive not having to be the guy all the time because they got to bring it. Going off that, you bring in a veteran who has won stanley cups to a team that hasn't had much success and to bring it to like alex to bring it to um, larkin all those young players on that team is huge like even if they're able to make it and go to pass the first or second round that is crazy and that's what patrick kane's gonna do he doesn't have to be the number one guy anymore right which is what he did over in new york um, but they still consider him to be a top contributor but just having his presence there on the ice he can now change that role of being, I don't have to score the puck as much as I can be the facilitator and yeah, open the and playbook dangerous. up for Alex and for Larking or whoever else. Like that's a little scary. Yeah. I mean, we watched that Alex to bring it breakaway goal on Swayman. The dude no chance. Whatever he wants. He's so nasty with the puck and he's like, what? Five, eight. Like he's not much yeah. bigger than me. No, it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. The, the, that guy's amazing. Um, but anyway, you mentioned the Bruins and the Red Wings game that we went to where they played one another on Black Friday. At that moment in time, Kyle, mm-hmm. the Bruins had lost two games at home and you had been at both of them. That has that <laughs> I believe is still true. Uh I think it is. I think they lost they lost at in New York. And then in Columbus. So that is still true that the only two games they've lost at the Garden all year you were there. But speaking of their wins and losses, here's something I wanted to bring up with you. And then we'll do a devil's Um, check-in. We want to make sure we get squeeze that in before we run out of time here. Um, Here's the thing. The Bruins, yeah, they had a skid. But if you look at the wins they have, it started out where they were beaten up. They beat up on the Sharks. Okay, they've got a couple wins against the Sharks. Mm-hmm. They beat the Ducks out there. Um, then they lost them in overtime over here. You were there. Um, they beat the the Kings, and it was like, oh, well, you know, they're not playing a great competition. They are two and zero against the Leafs. They are two and zero against the uh, Florida Panthers, and they are. Let's see if I factor in the rest of the division. Let me just do some quick math here. They are 2-0 against the Leafs. 2-0, that makes 4-0. They lost oh, the Red oh, Wings. 0-1 against the Red Wings. They're 1-1-1. One, one, and one. Uh, They're 1-2-0 oh, against the Red Wings. They did beat the Red Wings once. So that makes them 5-2-0 oh, 
And then if you factor in that they're yeah, you're right. Then they are one. That makes them six, six, two, and one because they were they split with the Canadians. And then I think that's everybody in the division that they played. The Sabers, I think they beat once. So call that seven, two, and yeah. one. So they're like anyway. I'm not here to do math with you. But they are, <laughs> they are seven, two, and one against their division, right? Like. Okay, they've lost two games to – they lost uh, – seven, two, and two, actually. They've lost two games in regulation to the uh, Red Wings, but they've got points off the division in every single other game that they've played in the division, and that's why they're on top. And Correct. so we talk about the Bruins taking a step back possibly this year from the historic regular season um, last season, and, and that that seems to probably still be accurate. But – you know, this team has dealt with a little bit of adversity. They had the Milan Lucic situation, which I think was a could have snowballed into a bigger distraction. Um, they had the situation where McAvoy getting suspended. They've had games in which they've given up late goals um, yep. and still found a way to get points. Uh, they have had situations where they've lost three in a row right around the holiday and rebound. So I think this is still a really resilient Bruins team and a Bruins team that is it's going to be interesting as we get into the winter, deeper yeah. into the winter, uh, what they decide to do uh, with this roster. No, I, I agree. It's going to be interesting to see how they perform the rest of the year. Um, so we'll we'll see how they do. As it gets colder. Right. And as people start to wear down, like it's Matt Patra. I like the kid, but is he, is he built for an 82 game schedule? Is John Beecher built for an 82 game schedule? Is Danton Heinen still going to play this well? Uh, is Morgan Geeky going to stay healthy? Um, is Charlie Coyle going to keep at this pace? All these That's things are important. All great questions. All right, and my question for you is, what's going on with New Jersey? Because we were sitting around here in October saying that we thought they were going to be a cup contender, and they look bad. They yeah, got I, rolled I, by the Sharks. Yeah, I'm I'm embarrassed by by that, especially after we traded McKenzie Blackwood to them. Um, my concern is that the the chemistry offensively is coming along. It's defensively chemistry is not coming along. If that makes any sense, right. <laughs> We didn't really change too many pieces offensively, which shouldn't be affecting our defense, but seems like we're more focused on offense than we are defense, and that's what made us who we were last year. We turn, we get the turnovers in our zone, have breakaways because we're all in the right spot. Now that Nico Hischer's back, we finally can play some defense, but still not completely. And I can't blame it all on our goaltenders, but I know this is Smidge's like, second real year in the NHL. And Vasilevsky for not Vasilevsky, but um, I can't think of his name right now. He's also Vanacek. Yes, he's a much smaller goaltender, which is a huge disadvantage, sadly, um, for us. But a lot, a lot of for us, a lot of it's just stupid mistakes in our own zone. Like we're allowing the puck, we're allowing easy rebounds. We're not clearing out when we should on power plays. We're not making the right or smart pass. We're making short passes in our own zone and turn it right over. So the, for us, it's defensive. Defense is what's killing us right now. I mean, we won last night against Vancouver. I thought we were going to get our ass kicked. No offense, but that's what I thought we were going to do. 
Um, so each week it's like, I don't even know what to expect. Like what's, am I going to get a team that can play somewhat defense or am I going to get a team that can't play defense? And I get it. The season's still young, still could turn around. I'm not going to really press the panic button and be like, Oh, we're not going to be able to do shit until basically uh, I'm going to give them at least to the uh, NHL all-star break is what I'm giving them to. If they can't figure it out by then. I don't know. It might be time to be thinking about trading some players, especially goaltending. Maybe defensively, especially with Dougie Hamilton being out. He's our biggest offensive threat defensively. I know that hurts your fantasy squad. Um, but I I think it great. We had um, our, who was it? Nirmik, I think, came up from the AHL as our second overall pick from 2021, 20, I think. It'll be off by a year or two. But I think we got, we got a lot of young, young defense in the AHL. It's just a question of when they're going to get up there. But also, don't forget, our team is still very inexperienced. Is what? Their yeah. second year of having a shot at potential playoffs. Expectations were probably a little bit too high, I would say. I, but still. I think the worry, here's the worry, man. And then we'll get to our power rankings before we uh, close down shop here. Um, I got to get over to the island. Um here, here, here's the uh, here's the problem that I think is going on. I think last year the Devils hit above their weight. Uh, Correct. I think they overperformed, and I think they had a lot of people thinking that they were further along in their development than they really are. And the the fact of the matter is that Jack Hughes is still a really young player. Your defense is still made up of a lot of really young players, and. The the entire roster outside of like Timo Meyer and the guys you picked up from the Bruins third line. I think they're all uh, under 25. Yeah, they're all super young. And so I think much like the Sabres, right? Everybody was all, you know, jazzed up over Buffalo. I, I think that that there's still something to be said for uh veteran experience in this league because look at what Washington did, turned around their season. Pittsburgh's better than I thought they were. The Bruins are better than we thought they were going to be. And I think the NHL sometimes falls into this trap that happens with the NFL. It was happening with the NFL recently. You know, I think everybody was really jazzed up to have young quarterbacks. And then the and, and the, these guys were going to win so many Super Bowls. And then at the end of the day, it was still Brady winning Super Bowls as recently as two years ago. I think the same thing's happening in the NHL. Everyone's all excited about these guys, this young team, that young team. Well, you know, you looked at who who's won Stanley Cups recently. It's teams that have a lot of veterans. Like legit, the Vegas Knights were made up of veterans, right? Like they were they were an expansion team. Right. They were an expansion team made up of veterans. Um and and I think that's where that's where uh, a, a lot of a lot of that goes. All right, what are your power rankings? Top five in each conference. Top five. Uh, you want to start west? You want to start east? Let's go. Give me your west. I'll give you my west, and then we'll close with the east. All right. So right now for the west, I I have the Knights still. I know they're a bit on a little bit of a up and downhill right now, but they're still the top dog to be in the west. I I give them the number one spot. Uh, moving up in the power rankings I have is the Kings moving up to number two. They have been phenomenal the last 10 games or so. <clears throat> and then number three, I have the Avalanche. Um, they've also been hitting their stride right now. Uh, the Canucks I have falling down just because they've hit a little bit of a slump. 
Um, and then surprisingly, my number five, you're going to love this one. I have the Coyotes at number five as my yeah. top five teams. They found their goaltender right now in uh, Gibson and the way they've been playing. Yeah. Um, I think I looked at the last five wins and they're all the Stanley Cup champions the last previous like seven years. They were five and oh against them, which is great for them. And like I said, I picked the rookie of the year come from the Coyotes. So let's see what happens. <laughs> Yeah, they've they've been uh, exceeding expectations for sure. If we talk about a team that might be overperforming, here here's my West. Um, it's tight, but I'm going six. Sorry, five. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with uh, Winnipeg. Okay, uh, I think Winnipeg over Dallas. I'm putting Dallas at six. They've fallen a little bit. Um, they haven't been as potent as they were when they started. We're going Winnipeg at five. Okay. You got four. Um, then I'm going the Kings at four. All right. Then I'm going Vancouver at three. Yep. Um, they've played a lot of games. Like I'm looking, I looked at the standings and I had that written down here on my notes and I had the standings up too. They are, they played 26 games. They played more than anybody in the conference except for the Knights. Uh, then at three, I had, I had, uh, sorry, at two, I had the abs and then at one, I stole the Knights. So I were very similar to you. I think the Knights are the best team in the league still. Um, and until, you know, until proven otherwise. I mean, unless they go on a huge slump of losing, I'm not going to say they're not number one, but. Yeah. And so. then in the East, I have, um, I have five Florida. Okay. I've got four Carolina. I think keep an eye out on Carolina. They started a little slow. They're right back where they need to be, um, hanging around at the top of that division. Um, and so that's that's where I see them right now. Uh, four, sorry, sorry, three. I have Detroit just okay. because they they've been playing really well and they seem to get points in almost every game. Um, and then two, I have the Bruins. Uh, and then one, I have the Rangers. And the only reason I have the Rangers higher than the Bruins is because they beat the Bruins. Um, but it's pretty close. So yeah, I, I think I had five Hurricanes. Sorry, five Panthers, Florida. four Hurricanes, then Red Wings, then uh, Bruins, then Rangers. Okay, I left I like the it. Leafs out. I like it. I like it. Uh, I'm going a little different than you. I'm going – I still trust my Devils. I'm putting them at number five. I know they haven't played as well, but I still think they have a lot of potential in the last few weeks have shown. It was taking out the Sharks game. It showed me that they have some something in the tank that they can prove. <clears throat> at number four, I have the Canes. As you said, they're just starting to find their mojo, um, which is scary, but they're finding it at the right time. Uh, except I have at number three, I have the Bruins. Um, just because I have Detroit at number two, just because based on head-to-heads, if they were to play each other right now, I do think Detroit has the slighter advantage. Um, and, of course, at number one, the Rangers have just looked phenomenal so far this year. And right now they are the team of the East. They are running show. Even with Sesterking being hurt, um, Quick has had a great, great start for his few games he's played. I picked the wrong year to uh... – picked the Rangers. You were a year too early. <laughs> that was a year too early on the Rangers Stanley Cup train. <laughs> um, cool. Well, that, yeah, I think 
we're pretty much the same teams, just ranked in different orders. Um, yeah. And look, it's going to be this way. We're into December now. There's there's plenty of there's uh, plenty of hockey ahead. Um, what do you what do you have as a prediction for 2024? I'll put you on the spot before we prediction going into next year. Yeah, what's the big hockey thing that's going to happen in 2024? Gosh, because oh. I don't know if we'll record again before the holidays. We'll try. Well, we got the, we got the women's NHL going live. That'll be starting in the 2024, which is very very exciting. Um, let's hope they keep the league together this time. Yeah, let's please keep it together. We also got to figure out which teams we're rooting for still for that. I'm Boston. <laughs> um. No, I think for next year, I'm more excited to see what these younger teams are going to look like in the future. These young teams come up and see what, what's going to happen. I mean, right now, I, I still think the Knights still have it for a while, but these younger teams, see if they can put it together and start changing the NHL. All right, I like it. My big prediction is July 1st of next year is going to be a free agent frenzy that we'll all love uh, to witness. But my other big prediction is that, uh, let's see. My other big prediction, maybe the maybe the Canucks do sweep the awards. All right, uh, maybe they do. All right, okay. that's gonna do it for this episode of Odd Man Rush. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you all enjoyed the program. Please follow us on social. You can follow that my show at Homefield Pod. We also have a link to our merch there. Stay, keep an eye out and stay tuned for Odd Man Rush merch. Uh, we'd love to have you uh, check out some of that uh, if you'd like. Uh, you can also follow uh, both of us on Instagram and uh, I at Granddaddy Diesel and at Will Highland too. If you want to join the party. Uh, but until next time, I'm Will Highland. That's Kyle Diesel. You've been listening to Odd Man Rush. If you liked this podcast, please subscribe on your favorite provider, including Spotify, Apple, Google, and Stitcher. Be sure to also check us out two times a week on those platforms, on Monday and on Thursday. All of the Sportland USA programs are independent, and the opinions expressed on them do not reflect those of any other company, outlet, person, or entity. Summer creeping in and I'm tired of this town